Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Detectives said they have never seen anything like this case. When Charles and Catherine Romer, a very wealthy couple from New York, checked into a Holiday Inn in Brunswick, Georgia in April 1980, everything was per usual. The couple had just spent their winter in Miami, Florida, as they did every year, and were on their way home to New York. Charles and Catherine had made this trip dozens of times. Typically, they would break up the long drive into about four days, stopping along the way. The couple always stuck to a routine, staying at this very same hotel every single trip back home. But this time, things would take a very dark turn. After checking into that hotel room in Georgia, the couple disappeared. They vanished, along with their car, a customized 1978 Lincoln Continental. Even worse, no one realized they were missing for days. By the time they did, no one had seen or heard from the roamers since they had checked into the hotel. When police were alerted, investigators were starting with a major disadvantage, and it was going to get much worse. Despite launching the largest search in the history of Southern Georgia, not a single trace of the couple could be found. Detectives and the family theorized they'd been victims of a robbery gone wrong, a random crime, or had been followed by someone that they knew. Charles was a wealthy oil executive. Was this connected to his work? Possibly, but many of the clues and much of the evidence from the case directly contradicts this theory, as there was over a half a million dollars worth of Catherine's jewelry left untouched inside the hotel room. This case is one that has left authorities completely baffled for years and is truly one of the most haunting and perplexing disappearances. What happened to the roamers after they checked into that hotel room? How do not one but two people disappear off the face of the planet? And are the nearby murders of another wealthy oil executive and his wife somehow connected to the roamers' disappearance? Or just a strange coincidence? This is Avery After Dark, and I'm your host, Avery Ross. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. A great reminder, you can watch all Avery After Dark podcast episodes on YouTube now. For your viewing pleasure, make sure you subscribe to the Avery After Dark YouTube channel and follow along wherever you listen to Avery After Dark. And if you're here watching on YouTube, leave a comment and turn on the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And if you're really digging the podcast, head on over and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It all helps so, so much, so thank you. Now for today's mystery. Firstly, who were the Romers? Charles Robert Romer was born in August 1906 to parents John and Mabel. He was the oldest of four children and grew up in New York, where he would spend most of his life. Charles was described as intelligent, hardworking, and determined. He went on to have a very successful career in the oil industry, eventually becoming an executive for the Sinclair Oil Corporation. Charles married a woman named Jane O'Shea in 1929 in New Rochelle, New York. The couple had two sons together, Charles Jr. and Richard. 
Charles and Jane were a very social couple and enjoyed attending equestrian events and hosting parties. They also owned property in Miami, and following Charles's retirement from the oil industry, they often began spending their winters down there. Snowbirding, as they call it. Many people love to move from the northern states to warmer climates for the winter. Escape the winter blues and soak up the sun instead. But this all changed. Sadly, Jane passed away in 1973 at the age of 65, leaving Charles widowed. Enter Catherine Blanchfield. Catherine was born in July 1902 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In 1925, she met a man named Frank Heller, 13 years her senior. The pair married in 1926. They had one child together, a son named Frank Jr. Catherine was active in many clubs, and through the New York social scene, the couple became friends with the Romers. But Frank passed away in May 1965, leaving behind a heartbroken family, and Catherine was now widowed as well. Eventually, Charles and Catherine reconnected, and the two soon fell in love. They had both lost their spouses and had always been friends, and were really happy that they found love again with each other. They were in their 70s and retired, so they had plenty of time on their hands to enjoy and spend together. On December 3, 1974, they got married. Afterwards, the newlyweds moved into an apartment building which Catherine owned in Scarsdale, New York, where they lived for most of the year. And just as he did with his first wife, Charles and Catherine loved to escape the harsh New York winters each year by traveling down to Florida and staying at their Miami home for a few months. So every year, they would pack up as soon as the cold weather rolled in and drove down to Florida for the season. And the winter of 1980 was no exception to this annual ritual. The couple, having just celebrated their five-year wedding anniversary, were in really good spirits. The couple enjoyed a great winter together. Everything was going per usual. By April, with the weather finally warming up again in New York, the Romers were ready to make their return trip to Scarsdale. Now, something very important to note here. The couple were very much creatures of habit. They took the same route every year, even staying at the same hotels along the way. And this was 1980, so there were no Apple Maps to give you step-by-step -step directions to get home. And this time, you had to bust out the actual map. You had to look and memorize what exact highways you needed to take to reach your destination. So it was much easier to stick to the exact same routine every time. And Charles was a really meticulous person. He was the kind of man who recorded really everything in a journal that he kept. He wrote about everything, what his plans were, what his routine was that day, what he was going to do tomorrow, everything. Charles's last entry was on April 7th, and per his writings, everything was normal. He wrote of the couple's plans to make the drive back home. The drive from Miami to New York is a long one. It's more than 18 hours, so the roamers would break the trip up. I think there's two types of travelers. You have your one group that says, we're getting there no matter how long it takes. Let's drive 12 hours in one day. And you have group two, which is like, let's break the drive up and make it easier. The Romers were group two. They were retired, not in a rush, and had plenty of money to spend on hotels. And they had planned to stop off at the same hotel they always stayed at on their first night of their drive. The Holiday Inn in Brunswick, Georgia. On April 8th, the couple packed up their car and left from Florida driving their black Lincoln Continental. The couple spent about six hours on the road, and later that day, the Romers reached Brunswick, Georgia. 
They pulled off, checked into the Holiday Inn at 3.51 p.m. and booked a room for one night. Brunswick in the 1980s was a pretty small town. Not much to do, very quiet, so really an ideal place to pull off the road and get some rest for the evening. When the Romers arrived, they grabbed up all their valuable possessions from their car and brought them into their hotel room, leaving nothing of great worth inside the car. Their usual routine at the hotel was to settle in, relax, grab some dinner, turn in at a good hour, and hop back on the road early the next morning. But this time, something went horribly, horribly wrong. Not long after the Romers got into their room, the couple vanished. The last sighting of the two was when they carried their belongings into their hotel room. The door shut behind them, and then it's a mystery. After they made their way into the hotel room, Charles and Catherine Romer would never be seen or heard from again. We'll be right back. You're back with Avery After Dark. On the morning of April 9th, the following morning after the Romers checked into the hotel, a housekeeper knocked on the door of the Romers' room and she received no response. Now, at this point, the couple was supposed to be back on the road on their way to New York. They had only booked a one-night stay. The housekeeper let herself inside, and though Charles and Catherine were absent, everything inside the room appeared to be in order. All of their things were still inside the room. Their clothes were hanging in the closet. Their luggage was stacked in a corner of the room. A bottle of scotch and two empty glasses were sitting on one of the nightstands. And on the other nightstand a novel, and a pair of glasses. Several potted plants that Catherine was bringing back to New York were on the floor. Charles's journal, as well as the couple's tax forms, were spread out on the desk. This was a very typical scene, and there were no signs of any sort of a struggle. It looked as though the couple had simply stepped out of the room for the time being. So, unaware that anything was amiss with the roamers, the housekeeper simply tidied up the room and left. So, as I mentioned, by the point that this housekeeper went to clean up the room, The Romers would have been gone by then. They usually woke up early and got on the road at a good time. And there must have been a lack of communication between the housekeeper and the hotel staff as they weren't alerted that all of the Romers' things were still inside the room. They didn't check out. Because it actually took a few days for the hotel staff to realize that Charles and Catherine were even missing. This is strange given the fact that they'd only booked a one-night stay and never checked out. But it wasn't until that same housekeeper who had cleaned the Romer's room on the 9th went back to the room to clean it two days later. And she found that the room looked exactly the same as it had the last time she'd been there. The place had been untouched. And the Romer's were still nowhere to be found. This time, she realized that something was very wrong and immediately notified the Holiday Inn's management. They, in turn, called the Glen County Police Department to report the couple missing, and they found that the couple's Lincoln Continental was also missing. Now, Charles and Catherine's children were also starting to worry about them by this point. It wasn't strange for them to go a couple days without speaking to their parents, but to not hear from them for this long was out of the ordinary. Usually, the couple would have checked in throughout their drive back, updating them where they were, how things were going, but not this time. They hadn't heard a word from Charles nor Catherine. Their children said it wasn't like them to go this long without checking in. These were the days before cell phones, so you couldn't even call and check and see what was going on. By the time investigators arrived at the hotel and began their investigation, 
The roamers had already been missing for days, so they were starting at a real disadvantage. The last time anyone in the family had heard from the couple was on April 6th, two days before the couple left for New York. During the conversation, Charles spoke to his son, Charles Jr., and wished him a happy Easter. Phone records also showed that Charles had phoned their residence in Scarsdale, New York, at 4.17 p.m. and had spoken to their housekeeper, letting her know that they would be home in a few days. So police begin their search and immediately rule out that the couple would have run off. This was a stable couple in their 70s. There was no indication that they would ever want to run away or escape their lives. For them to go missing, something really terrible must have happened after they checked into the hotel that night. Detectives examined the hotel room and found what was later determined to be roughly half a million dollars worth of Catherine's jewelry inside. Some of the jewelry was missing, including a platinum ring with an emerald-cut diamond and three pairs of earrings valued at $150,000 in total. It was believed that Catherine was likely wearing at least some of the missing jewelry, as it was her habit to wear many expensive pieces everywhere she went. The only other items that appeared to be missing were Charles's wallet, thought to have contained $400 to $500, the amount he usually carried, Catherine's purse, and as I mentioned, their car, the Lincoln Continental. Police began searching the area, obviously checking the local hospitals. Maybe something happened to the couple and they were in the ER, but nothing. They also checked the morgues. Nothing. Through the combined efforts of Glen County Police Department and the FBI, every square mile of Glen County was searched. They were looking high and low for the roamers. Now, Brunswick, Georgia is surrounded by water located on a peninsula. And typically, when someone goes missing along with their vehicle, it often means they ended up in the water somehow. Police think maybe the roamers were on their way to dinner that evening and had a car accident and ran off the road into the water. So with this in mind, an extensive search was not only carried out on land, but by air, and also in each body of water and on every island within a 20-mile radius of the hotel. But scuba divers, just like searchers, ultimately came up with nothing. This became the largest search in the history of southern Georgia, but police found absolutely nothing. It was like the roamers had vanished off the face of the earth. But they did receive some strange tips. Police sent out information about the roamers, their car, hoping someone in the area had seen or talked to them before they went missing. Detectives really had nothing to go on, so they were hoping the public could give some assistance. A Georgia state trooper told investigators that he'd spotted a black Lincoln moving south towards Florida on the highway around 5 p.m. on April 8th. This trooper said the car's New York license plate read CRRCBR, the initial of Charles and Catherine, but the car was roughly 40 miles south of the Holiday Inn. The state trooper was very confident in what he saw, but this only adds to the mystery because this doesn't sound like something the roamers would have done. I think we can all agree most times when you're on a road trip and you've been driving all day, when you finally get to your hotel, usually you're whooped. You just want to relax, grab a bite to eat, and chill out. Most times, you're going to stop at one of the closest restaurants near you for dinner, for convenience sake. And according to hotel employees, if you were to check into the hotel, you wouldn't need to drive very far to reach the nearest restaurant because there was a restaurant inside the lobby of the hotel at the time. 
There was also a steakhouse very close to the hotel then, so the roamers would not have needed to drive very far to reach a number of restaurants, especially not 40 miles south. So this supposed sighting is really bizarre. For the roamers to check into their hotel and then their car be seen 40 miles south, driving back in the direction they had just come from, no less, is strange. And something Charles and Catherine's children said they would not have done. They said they would have checked into their hotel and stayed very close for the rest of the night and gone to sleep early. Another tip came from another officer who said that he noticed their Lincoln parked at a strip mall south of Brunswick after 5 p.m. that evening. But the exact location of the sighting has never been released to the public. Now, this is a strange one. Another tip came from a local contractor named Jim Wilson. He came forward to report having spoken to the roamers on the afternoon of April 8th at the hotel. Now, according to him, the couple told him they were planning on going sightseeing on nearby Jekyll Island that evening. Jekyll Island is around 20 miles away from the hotel. This man went on and said the three of them even discussed going fishing. He also said that he saw the roamers were talking to another unidentified couple a little bit later at the hotel. While he didn't remember much about the pair, he believed that they said they were from New York too. So police receive this tip and share it with the Romer's children and they say, hold up, this doesn't sound right at all. Charles Jr. was really suspicious of the contractor's account. He said that Charles and Catherine would have been really tired after driving for that long. As I mentioned, he knew them and claimed they would have stayed close to the hotel. He said, quote, they weren't the type that went sightseeing. Usually, they just check into a hotel, have a drink in their room, go down to dinner in the hotel restaurant, and then go to bed. It's very unusual that they would go out again. My gut feeling is that something happened here at the hotel, not in the lobby, but possibly in the parking lot, end quote. So according to Charles's son, for the couple to make a plan to go sightseeing, this was not believable. Charles's son believes that his parents would have likely just gone to the hotel restaurant for dinner, he said they wouldn't want to leave all their valuables sitting in the room unattended for that long. He believes his father and stepmom would have checked in, walked down to dinner, made their way back to their room, and then gone to bed. Simple as that. I mean, Catherine had a half a million dollars worth of jewelry inside that hotel room. I don't think I would leave that unattended for very long. And this was a couple in their 70s trying to make it back to New York. They aren't going to make this an extravagant night on the town. For the couple to make a plan to go sightseeing would have been completely out of character for Charles and Catherine. So if this contractor is lying, why? Another hotel guest reportedly saw the roamers standing in the doorway of their hotel room at approximately 6 p.m. on the day in question, apparently conversing with another couple. This woman who saw them said the couple the roamers were talking to looked to be in their mid-40s and had a small dog with them. So looking at all these supposed sightings and run-ins, the mystery only deepens and police still have nothing to go on. The complete lack of evidence left investigators baffled. Their best guess was that the roamers had been victims of foul play. Donald Flynn of the FBI said, quote, This mysterious disappearance has been of concern to us because they are predictable, responsible people. And it all just doesn't make sense. Unless you assume there was some foul play. End quote. And the authorities began to work on a pretty chilling theory. They believed that someone could have followed the roamers from Miami, gained access to their hotel room, and abducted them for the purpose of robbing them. 
This person or persons would have known they were wealthy and were stalking them. Captain F.D. Andrews, who worked the investigation, said, quote, The only thing we can think of, and it's only speculation, is that jewelry thieves surprise them in their room. It's a known fact that the Miami area, these people hang around resorts and watch for tourists, end quote. Which, this is true, everyone should know that tourists, travelers, are targets for thieves. Shady people see vulnerable people in an area they aren't familiar with and view them as an easy target. And older people in particular are often targeted. Thieves know that in general, older people have more money and are probably carrying large sums of cash on trips. The roamers were wealthy, so they could have been robbed, right? That seems plausible. But there's one fact that contradicts this theory entirely. The fact that so much expensive jewelry was left behind in the roamer's hotel room, and the fact the room showed no signs of either a struggle or ransacking. But it is possible that the jewelry that Catherine had on her could have been stolen, and that was the motive. But in the absence of any clues, suspects, or anything else that might shed light on what became of Charles and Catherine, the case quickly went cold. Glen County Police Lieutenant R.J. Smiley said, I've never seen anything like this. All we have is two missing people, and there's no law against being missing. Another logical theory is that they might have gone out that evening, perhaps to a restaurant, and then accidentally drove into a body of water at some point and were simply missed in the searches. But according to authorities, the nearby local bodies of water were thoroughly searched. So to not locate anything, any trace of the couple, is baffling. We'll be right back. You're back with Avery After Dark. Months passed and there were no leads. And Charles and Catherine's children really struggled to come to terms with the disappearance of their parents. The tragedy of losing them was made even more difficult by the lack of closure. They didn't have any idea what happened to them or if they were even still alive. However, they didn't give up. They set out and hired Wackenhut Detective Agency of Coral Gables, Florida. This agency was known all over the world and specialized in disappearances. So they began an in-depth investigation for the roamers. And during this three-month investigation, they interviewed everyone that was possibly connected to the roamers and that hotel. They talked to hotel staff, housekeepers, other guests. And these investigators came back to the children and said they were stumped too. They found no leads, no proof, no clues, no evidence, no trace of the roamers anywhere. But one of the PIs did learn that a male hotel guest had claimed to have seen the roamers leaving the hotel at approximately 7 p.m. on April 8th, and he said they were alone. So another reported sighting of the roamers, which again could change the timeline of the disappearance. But unfortunately, efforts to locate this man for further questioning went nowhere. They only knew that he lived somewhere in Pennsylvania. Charles Jr., Frank Jr., and Richard were haunted by their parents' disappearance. They made a point to return to Georgia every year with the hope of finding answers. Charles Jr. said, quote, I think about it daily. I think the whole family thinks about it. We just hope that someday someone will find a clue, end quote. When you think of these types of cases, disappearances, typically the family has something to go on. But for the Romer children, they had literally nothing. They had detectives and PIs coming back to them saying, 
yeah, we don't know. When the people that you go to for answers have no answers, I mean, can you imagine? Five years after they went missing on that fateful April evening, Charles and Catherine Romer were declared legally dead in 1985. And sadly, Richard, Frank Jr., and Charles Jr. have all since passed away in 1992, 2001, and 2007, respectively. And the case has stayed cold for years. In early 2023, Adventures with a Purpose, a private Oregon-based search and recovery dive team, conducted their own search for the Romers, hoping maybe they would find something, the Romers' car, any sign of the couple, but they had no success. What happened to Charles and Catherine after they checked into their hotel room remains a mystery, and a puzzling one at that. When you look at the robbery angle, uh, all of the jewelry was left inside that hotel room. And if this were a robbery, that half a million dollars worth of jewelry inside would have been stolen, don't you think? But all of it was untouched. A second possible theory is, could the disappearance be connected to Charles and his job as an oil executive? Did these disappearances have any connection to Charles and his business? This is also a possibility, but seems rather unlikely. For one, Charles was retired. He was long out of the oil business. So why now would someone come for him in the middle of a road trip? Charles wasn't in the midst of any big disputes. His journals did not allude to any type of problems or fighting with anyone. But I did find something very, very interesting. In 1983, three years after Charles and Catherine went missing, another retired millionaire oil executive and his wife were found murdered inside their Sea Island home. Sea Island is a lush five-mile strip of land in Georgia's Golden Isles, a popular destination for the wealthy. And Sea Island is only 20 minutes away from Brunswick, where the roamers checked into their hotel room for the evening. The bodies of W. Britt Roberts, 61, and his wife, Merrill, 52, were found at their home after a worried neighbor called police. The couple had planned to attend a party the evening before and never showed up, so the neighbor was concerned. Roberts was the former president of Chevron Oil International, a division of the giant petroleum firm. He was even elected president of Chevron International in 1965 and held that position until 1977. Roberts was a folksy guy who became well-known in the town of Sea Island when he and his wife moved there in 1979. But tragically, the couple were discovered murdered in different bathtubs of their mansion with their hands tied. The two had been bound with electrical tape. It was a very brutal double homicide. In this case, robbery appeared to be the motive as their home was ransacked and many valuables were stolen. And their killers were later apprehended. The killers were identified as Theodore Woodward, a 28-year-old man from Brunswick, Georgia, but died on August 3rd from drinking seven ounces of weed killer while leading police on a high-speed chase in the Roberts' BMW sports car. Later, his accomplice in the murders, 19-year-old Kenneth Blanks, another man local to Brunswick, was charged and sentenced to death for the double murder. Blanks told investigators that the two men forced their way into Roberts' home at gunpoint. The two men suffocated the couple with towels. Investigators learned that Woodard worked as a landscaper and could have worked for the Robertses at one time. The two men were also connected to the shooting of a Brunswick cab driver named George Francis. And again, robbery was the motive. 
The two men were never charged or even publicly linked to the Romer's disappearance. The two cases are three years apart, but there are some very striking similarities between them. The fact that both men were very wealthy oil executives and that both men charged in the murders were from Brunswick. For me, it's hard to brush away as just coincidences. So, were the Romers targeted that evening just as the Robertses were? Makes you think. But there's another possibility. Another is, did Charles and Catherine decide to go out to dinner that evening, leave the hotel, and then get in some kind of accident that resulted in them ending up in the water? This seems very likely. Maybe they did decide to head out to dinner that evening. Perhaps they didn't like the menu at the hotel, so they decided to venture out. And then got into an accident and drove off the road. At the time, the roamers would have been very close to a drawbridge, and it's possible they could have accidentally driven off. But again, this body of water was searched on numerous occasions, and there was nothing found. This is truly a mystery with so many different angles. I still go back to that contractor at the hotel and what he told police, that he claimed that Charles and Catherine were going sightseeing that evening. And Charles Jr. was always suspicious of his account. So was this man telling the truth? Or was he lying? And if he was, why? And also, I go back to the sightings of the Romer's car so far away from the hotel the evening they disappeared. Were the Romer's driving? Or was the car stolen? And if the Romer's were driving, what were they doing so far away from the hotel? Did they get lost? And if it wasn't the Romer's driving, and the car had been stolen, why has it never been spotted again? It's all very strange and very mysterious. This is one of those cases where the more I learn about the mystery, the more questions I have. Regardless, I cannot imagine not knowing what happened to loved ones for over 40 years. The limbo that Charles and Catherine's family live in to this day. But what are your thoughts on the case? I'm really eager to know your ideas. Please leave them in the comments on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Do you believe this was foul play? Or do you feel the evening of the 8th, the Romers drove to dinner and along the way had a fatal accident? What does your inner detective tell you? Make sure to tune in next week for another very mysterious and chilling episode. Until then, I'm Avery Ross and this is Avery After Dark.